0: You're listening to the mother of all solutions, stories from mums as they navigate their return to work. With me, Laura Broderick. We are recording remotely today. Um, First time we've done this, so um, hello to listeners listening at home during lockdown. It's Saturday the 18th of April and I'm really excited to be interviewing Emma Shepherd. Um, Emma and I have been emailing for a few months, I think. um, Me having noticed her presence on Twitter through the Maternity Teacher, Paternity Teacher project, and thinking actually it's really exciting to think of a project that's supporting people at a very specific stage of their careers and personal lives within the teaching profession. Um, So as I said, Emma's our guest today. Um, We are both in our own homes, obviously. Um, So we're recording um, separately in our own ways in our own homes. Um, So hopefully um, the technology will work for us and we'll give you a good episode. Um, So Emma, um, introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: So hello, my name is Emma Shepherd. I'm a lead practitioner um, and an English teacher at a school in South London. Um, a fairly average sized secondary school. Um, I'm also the founder of an organisation called the Maternity Teacher Paternity Teacher Project, um, which is an organisation that inspires, empowers and connects teachers choosing to complete professional development whilst they're on uh, parental leave. Um, and I'm also the mum to two small children, um, I've got a son who's three, his name's Hugo, almost four actually, um, and Lucy who has just turned two in January, so two, two preschoolers or toddlers at home.
0: Yeah, no, fantastic, um, no, so that's a great introduction to, to you Emma, so tell me a little bit more about your teaching career, is that something you got into straight from graduation or did you do other things first, yeah. tell me a bit about that.
1: Yeah, pretty much. So I I waitressed through university. I took a gap year before and after. Um uh and at university I did comparative literature just because I I love reading. I love books. Um I love analyzing literature. Um and I think I went through a few sort of phases in my third year where I um I thought maybe I wanted to join the military, maybe I wanted to join okay. MI5. I had these big ideas about being a spy. Um but That's I did fun. the did the uh, verbal reasoning tests online, not realising that you're supposed to practice for them. Um, and also that you get one chance and then they block you out for two years from applying. So oh, really? um, that was very quickly decided that I wasn't <laughs> going to do that. Um, and I had this bit of an epiphany where I, I sat down and I wrote down things that I enjoy doing. Mm. Um, and I was working as a, a teaching assistant at, at the time in um in Oval, in a boys' school in Oval, working with okay. um, some individuals with um, on the autistic spectrum disorder um, and um, realised that I love hanging out with young people, I love reading, I love Shakespeare, I love talking to people about books, um, I love travelling, um, I love learning and I just thought well how can I get paid to do the things I love rather than mm. working to pay for the things I love at the weekend, um, so teaching came out of that. Um, I took another gap year before starting with Teach First, um, oh, and I was placed great. in Watford. Um, mm. and, and it was important to me um, to train through that route. Um, they get you, they get you straight into the classroom, which is mm. um, intense, con- mm. intense uh, controversial in many ways. Um, they've got their lovers and their haters. Um, mm. So I, I like to sort of sit. On, in the middle, just on the side of the lovers um, and uh, and also because the the whole concept of education as an equalizer and um, sort of a, a huge tool to um, positively impact social social injustices um, yeah. is really important to me. I think um, personally, I grew up in a town called Luton, which is not the most privileged place in the world we were We were very happy and comfortable. Um but my parents sent me to a school in a, a very wealthy place down the road called Harpenden. Um and I went to a very, very good state school. Um and just the, the difference that a, a good state education can make to a child's mm. future. Um and I don't understand why why everybody can't get the education that I got, um I didn't pay for it. Um and I, I just think that there's a huge social justice um mission around education yeah. there.
0: And the school you were placed in for Teach First, um, you completed mm. your teacher training that way through that, that route. So mm. I suppose for listeners, I assume a lot of listeners to this episode will be from the teaching profession. But for those who aren't Teach First, you mm. still get your formal teaching qualification. You just do it through the on-job learning. Um, did you stay on at that school or exactly. did you then sort of leave that program? And
1: No, I did yeah, I did 2 years there and if I'm honest, um it was incredibly intense and I burnt out. So um that's uh, maybe one of the pitfalls of teach first is um is the intensity of it. But um I think the intensity of of the education system in general, um so one of one of the big um headlines of teachers that we lose are teachers with well, teachers who get their PGCE but never actually get a job in the edu- in the in the state education system. They go into private or they go into tutoring. Um, just after the NQT year, so after the second year, and then within the first five years, we lose a lot of teachers. Um, so there's really something around how we're training our our teachers to become teachers, um, mm. and how we're training your them to be sustainable. Mm. Um, <laughs> so so no, so I went I went abroad for two years to Vietnam. Um, And I taught in an international school in Vietnam, which was it was an amazing experience. Really amazing. Really living um, sort of the expat high life, Um, which is where I met my husband. um, And uh, we got married out there in Singapore. Uh, (laughs) It's all a little bit uh, romantic. Um, No, it's great. I love a romance story. We don't get many of
0: these on Mother of All Solutions, so let's
1: have yours. So we met a month after I arrived in in Vietnam in a bar, um, the day after he'd signed a contract to take him to America. Um, And he renegotiated his contract so that he would be working in Australia. And then he renegotiated again so that he was working in Australia, but based in Singapore. So we were a little bit closer. Um, So we did long distance for a while. Uh, he proposed, and we got married the following December. Um, but oh my we did goodness. the civil service. Yeah, we did the civil service in Singapore uh, with just two witnesses in the Singapore registry office, so it was all um, <laughs> like an elopement almost. Um, that sounds quite
0: nice, to be honest.
1: <laughs> and then, and then we came back to the UK in uh, November 2014. I started work again January 2015 at my current school. Mm-hmm. Okay, so
0: you've been at your current school for five years now. So you that, yeah. had your initial teacher's teacher training, teacher mm-hmm. experience, a change, international experience, mm-hmm. back into your current position now. Well, maybe mm-hmm. you weren't lead practitioner straight away. So how did you get to lead practitioner status no, at your current I, school?
1: I was. So I was. I was just. I was. I was just an English teacher. Um, there's no such thing as just a teacher, but I no. Of was course, there isn't. Yeah. An, an English teacher um, in. In the UK, I had some small responsibilities, some key stage three responsibilities in my NQT year and some pastoral responsibilities in Vietnam. Um and then I stepped straight into a lead practitioner post in um in my current school. Um but I was a lead practitioner designate, which means I, I hadn't got my qualification yet. So they employed me as a lead practitioner and then um committed to training me, which I did over the first two, three years. Um Okay. Yeah, it was a bit Before... stop start. Because yeah, of maternity leave.
0: Yeah. I was gonna say, how did their maternity fit? So you said your yeah. eldest, your son, Hugo, he's just turned four, four or almost, almost four. four. Almost, June, four.
1: yeah. Okay. So he was born in two thousand sixteen. So I think until this academic this is hilarious. Till last academic year I had not done a full academic year at the school because I had two maternity leaves. And now this will now be the fourth the fifth, fourth or fifth academic year that I haven't done fully. Um, because of lockdown so um, la- last year is the only year I did September to July so I was there um, January 2015 and then in June 2016 Hugo came along so I'd done sort of I hadn't done a full academic year but I'd been there a year and a bit and um, I took six months came back the following January and then the following January 2018 Lucy came along so um, so yeah I have spent about three years being pregnant or Having a baby attached to me. <laughs> um, no, no, I mean, uh, no,
0: it happens. I mean, it's yeah. part of life. So, the, the, mm-hmm. your first pregnancy, you had six months maternity leave. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. You said. And what correct. about with your second? How how long was your
1: maternity? Um, leave it time? was officially the same amount of time. So I did January to um, July. So it was six and a half months. But because of the school holidays, it I ended up having about seven and a half months with her. Um, yeah, and you and had then that extension exactly. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And when did you um, establish? the maternity teacher paternity teacher project when did that come about and tell us a little bit more about what that project is
1: yeah so in when hugo was born just before he was born um so, so i think it's it's important to contextualize i'd gone gone from this sort of teach first lifestyle um to expatting and um just living a very busy and full life um to working in a a school my school serves um a disadvantaged community um and just being busy every hour of the day, um, which isn't necessarily a good thing, um, but that's that's my pace of life. And sometimes I embrace that, and sometimes I step back from it. Um, but generally, I get a thrill. I I I enjoy working at a fast pace. Um, and going from sort of sixty-hour weeks, sixty-five-hour weeks to to nothing at all, um, I found that shift very difficult um and i'm i'm sure actually in lockdown now there will be a lot of um teachers potentially those who don't have children at home um or who have maybe older children who are are finding that they've gone from very busy to not very busy at all and are not sure what to do with themselves and with the added um so the, the physicality of pregnancy, you can't necessarily get out uh, yes, in the last yeah. few weeks. And so you're sort of a little bit housebound. It's similar to us at the minute with our lockdown. Mm. So um, I was a bit stir crazy. Okay. So so I did, um, before Hugo came along... You weren't one of those I did pregnant ladies. Learning.
0: That... <laughs> no, I was just saying, I mean... I I've got two kids, as you know, through the podcast. But um, Mm -hmm. I have to say, my first, I was probably just busy doing stuff. But my second, Mm -hmm. I was definitely those couple of weeks before his arrival. I was like, I'm going to watch Netflix. I'm just Mm going to embrace this. Whereas it sounds like you didn't do any of that. You were just, like, straight into
1: what's the next (sighs) stage? What's the next thing? Yeah, we... We've, we don't have a telly, so that might explain a lot of the oh, time that okay. I have on my hands. You've got a wholesome uh, we have, household. Yeah, <laughs> we, we prance around reciting poetry. Um, we don't. <laughs> the English um, teacher is new, <laughs> yeah. My theme for my son next week is Shakespeare, so uh, we'll see how that goes. Start them young, start yeah. them young. Yeah. Got to meet my own needs first, I think. Um, so, so, no, so... Um, yeah, I did some online learning stuff um with FutureLearn which were really great and I just really enjoyed um sort of going back to to what I loved so learning about English literature and um doing some reading and I did a course on um English as an additional language for students with um who for whom English is a second language and I absolutely loved it to have that pause to th- to think about my subject and um why I teach and the students that are important to me and the values that I want to convey through the text that I teach and the way that I teach mm. these teach these texts and the angles that I take. Um, and then yeah, you go- Oh yeah go it's not just it.
0: a process, there's like the kind of the values that you bring mm. to it and how you want to instill something in that. That's that's fantastic. That's how it should be. And I'm sure it is for most teachers though.
1: Definitely. Yeah. Um and then I just um before he came along had this epiphany that actually i had been on this very sort of i've been on the ladder um going up and up and up and had a quite a clear career trajectory in my head and that was going to be at the best paused for six months um and i was sort of comparing myself to male colleagues in a similar um bracket age bracket or professional bracket and just thinking they are going too fast forward in a way that i am going to stagnate because yeah, of yeah. Because of the, you know, and yes, the choices that I'd made to become a mother. um, But actually, even fathers don't have to, to, I want to use the word suffer, um, but I don't think, I don't think parenthood, I don't think, I don't think your careers are the most important things in the world. So I don't think it is necessarily a a suffering, but their careers weren't going to be as detrimentally impacted as mine by becoming fathers. And actually research suggests that in the same way that mothers are penalised, um, by employers fathers are um promoted rewarded, yeah. rewarded yeah, because there's, yeah, yeah. there's these yeah. sort of old-fashioned perceptions of well they need to be breadwinners now more than, more yeah. than ever whereas um mothers are still and research does yeah. back this up um, yes and again, yeah. i can I send you on links um no 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 mothers... we'll
0: put them in the show notes of the podcast
1: <laughs> mothers are are still perceived to be less committed or to, to have priorities that change when they when they come back to work so um I, I did a lot of reading around this, around the motherhood penalty and the gender pay cap that um, comes with motherhood um, discrimination cases. All all the sort of very angry bad news. Um, but I think for my own mental health and because I like to be positive and solutions focused, um, yeah. just said, okay, well that's a reality. But what can what can I do about it as an individual? um sure. to make this a make this a positive and actually advantageous time what am i getting right now that my male equivalent is not getting because he's not he's not got that time and actually the minute that that perspective shifts there are so many benefits to taking time out of the of the classroom um, to being on maternity leave to taking sabbaticals um to working part-time to spending time on other things um that that actually we've we've made a whole network, a whole organisation, sort of celebrating the benefits of of being a parent as well as a teacher, um, or just the whole concept of taking taking a little bit of a step back from from what is a, a bit of a machine, a bit of a scary intense machine that's bleeding talent because it's not um, necessarily maintaining things in a sustainable way.
0: Yeah. And I've noticed I, I've got friends um, who were teachers in primary and then some in secondary as well. And I'd always assumed it was a very sort of um, family friendly profession on lots of levels. You know, mm-hmm. there's sort of male and female teachers. So, you know, you think in that sense, there's a kind of equality across like who's going into the profession you'd think because you get school holidays and because I know obviously there's a lot of work that's done before school hours and after school hours but because you can potentially sort of leave as a school is closing potentially I'm not saying it always happens that it would be a kind of family friendly profession for either returning from maternity or maintaining a career or making a career work for you but actually from conversations I've had with people it's actually not that simple yeah. um and so I've had a, a kind of, well, I'm having a whole learning experience through this podcast and interviewing people and finding out more from either people I know and just probing a bit more with my friends or from people I don't know, like yourself, who I'm actually getting a full picture from. And um, so tell me a little bit more then about that sort of what you were researching, feeling, trying to make something positive from. How did then the, the, your solution come from that? How, what did you then
1: create? Um, so I know that we spoke before before we started recording about um, sort of the, my personal story int- intertwined with with the MTPT project, and that's that's I think part of why MTPT is my first child really is that it is is so a part of of me. Um, I I just led by example as authentically as I could. Um, I found myself looking for for about a week. I was sort of tweeting and um, blogging into the void, sort of trying to find role models who could say this is how I did it or um this is here are my tips this is this is how you can do it but finding somebody who's exactly the vision that you want to have of yourself is is really hard yeah yeah, of course Um, and actually because of of overwhelming social narratives about what mothers should and shouldn't do which I, I hate the word should I don't like it at all um a lot of even my closest friends were saying to me you know you just need to relax forget about work enjoy baby when baby comes you you won't have time or you won't want to think about anything else you'll be so you know enraptured and in love and you want to do all the baby bonding things and you won't have time you'll be so tired and actually those those were such well-intentioned comments um and there definitely were periods where where they were accurate um you know sleep deprivation. I am very familiar with it, yeah. um, but but also, um, so disempowering, so so disempowering and discouraging. Um, you know the the idea that as an intelligent, educated, motivated, um, woman, I wouldn't be able to read a book, um, in in the six months of my maternity leave, or yeah. I wouldn't be able to hold a professional conversation about something that I am actually very very well informed about with yeah, another yeah. adult um at a conferencing event or that i wouldn't be able to figure out how to get on the tube or a train with with a baby in order to ad- attend an event um i just thought you know goodness what what are what are our expectations of women and um mm. we get we we don't get much yeah. criticism actually anymore as a project but in the early days we got sort of criticism of raising expectations for women at vulnerable times in their life oh which, really um which is absolutely true was that
0: mm, um was that criticism from unknown people just through like twitter or was that from within the
1: profession social so media people... social media social media mm, well, yeah. and um and in response to some of the articles that we wrote for schools week and for Tez. Um, okay so but but at the same time um one of our one of our key values is choice and actually um really good value we absolutely don't judge anybody's choice of what how they want to parent um, or what they want to do on their parental leave how they want to split their parental leave what their family look like who's raising their child um and actually we know that um one person's well-being or mental health and what they do to to sustain that is completely different from another person's and so expectations of 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 women should be entirely on an individual basis um so so I just started blogging about the CPD that I was doing um I set up a Twitter handle I set up a website and um much like you're doing with all your remote podcasting now learnt a lot very quickly um and uh, I think when Hugo was Four months old, I attended a and a panel with Teach First um, with him. He screened blue murder through the whole thing, and it was actually <laughs> oh, quite stressful. But I was really proud because actually, you know, there were so many people sitting in the audience who had never even imagined that a panel member could sit and breastfeed a baby or bounce a baby whilst giving an articulate ar- yeah. ar- argument about the motherhood penalty. So just mm. the visible role modelling there um, that showed... Amazing. Teachers who, well, members of Teach First who had not had children yet, or who had, yeah. just empowering them to say, "Yeah, I'm still, I'm still present, I'm still able, I'm choosing which things I want to step in and out of. I'm under no obligation to be here, but I want yeah. to be here." Um, and that that visible role modelling is so powerful, and, um, mm. and also showing that
0: image of you in work and motherhood together is really mm-hmm. empowering. Like, obviously, there's lots of imagery of women as mothers. Um, some is great role modelling some less so but you know that image and then there's the image of the the woman in the business role or the Mm -hmm. workplace role and Mm -hmm. actually you know I can't even remember what article it was but there was somebody famous was talking about having her baby around her with another famous person. And and I was, I want to see that image of that conversation with the baby in the same space Mm -hmm. as them. But actually the image that they led with was still that famous person looking fantastic. And it's like, Mm -hmm. no, I wanted to see that interaction of two intelligent women and the baby still doing whatever they would have been doing. Yeah, page, okay. you know, probably, oh, yeah. yeah, even if they, like, Photoshopped the bit of puke out, you know, just keep, <laughs> keep, keep, keep the dynamic of that moment mm-hmm. and capture that moment. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, no, I think it's great that you did that. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and I hope... So if you, you've obviously now grown mm-hmm. your platform. Mm-hmm. Um, you have a, a sort of, I, I don't know if it's the right word, a team. Are we allowed to call it a team? Is it yeah, yeah. a team? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Of other teachers mm-hmm. sort of helping support and run that and mm-hmm. um, so how's how's that now working now you're a bigger uh, platform basically
1: remotely um remotely and with a great mm-hmm. deal of collaboration and delegation and uh gratitude for for the the teachers and the coaches that work with with us so um work they volunteer everybody's volunteers um so we have i can't even count the regional representatives maybe 15 regional representatives across the uk now who host our coffee mornings so they're baby friendly networking events in um sort of museum cafes or art gallery cafes or parks or family friendly cafes where teachers get together and talk shop with with their babies there um we've got 12 coaches Mm -hmm. sorry
0: no 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 i'm just thinking of uh, is it across primary and secondary sectors i should have double checked yeah is it yeah okay and you yeah do you sort of subgroup people or is it just like everybody who's in the profession
1: together? Everybody in. Yeah. I mean, our our audience is fairly niche. We're talking about, um, 3.4% of the teaching profession every year and not all of them want to come to networking events and not all of them want to do professional development on, on maternity leave. Um, but um yeah what what's really fascinating is the cross sector learning that we can have so i get so much from talking to um university teachers we've had one or yeah. two university lecturers come um from early year specialists um, yeah. i mean now i'm so grateful for the early year specialists oh within our network so many. <laughs> <laughs> and um from primary school especially when you're thinking about so i'm i'm secondary be thinking about sort of year six to seven transition and and all the things that we can learn from each other from that and sort of the subject um progression the books that they read in in primary school that we should then not do again in year seven or books that we that we think are are too difficult for them that they actually do read in year six and year five you know so really interesting cpd just from just from talking to cross-sector teachers yeah or cross-based teachers yeah
0: Amazing, and something I was curious about. Um, we've talked a bit about the sort of gender issues around the profession and for everybody, really. But your project, maternity teacher, paternity teacher, was it always both maternity and paternity, or yeah, you always had it on that equal footing?
1: Yeah, yeah. I think the the hashtag initially was maternity teacher, and within about a month, I was like, well, we're never going to, we're never going to address. These issues if we just are an exclusive f- female organization because actually in as as many ways that women are disadvantaged professionally uh, in our current society men are disadvantaged socially um mm. i mean so my husband for example slightly yeah, different what does your husband in, do the, mm. he's he's an entrepreneur so he's in the food industry um okay import, export um so he has his own business um but So you'd think that he'd be slightly more flexible, but actually if if he's not around, then his business doesn't run. So, um, for example, when Hugo was born, we were in hospital for five days because he was a little bit unwell. Mm. Um, And and Nico, you know, had his laptop on his lap um, in hospital um, and had to go back and forth and there were some big decisions that uh we had to make and he wasn't there uh because he had to work so and you know and yeah. the, the the emotions that that comes with him arriving and saying oh yes i've had to say yes to a lumbar puncture without you being here i don't know what a lumbar puncture is um and uh you know him not being able to he had to go back to work with Lucy about i think he's had one day off um and so so those those pressures around for fathers I think are equally yeah. as unfair um because they don't get the choice actually yeah to to stay at home with their children even shared parental leave if if you're if the man is the breadwinner which still they often are predominantly um, mm-hmm. it yeah it doesn't make it doesn't make financial sense for them to take shared parental leave um and so we we very much want and do have men as as and fathers as part of the conversation um, because we know that if we're not fully, fully embracing um, parents, then we're always just going to be sort of banging on an injustice drum that is, is never going to get fixed. Mm, that's
0: fantastic. I think you've got a great platform for CPD through a kind of a crucial time when you, yeah, you can step back, but you can also readdress, reevaluate, learn, develop. So no, I think it's it's a great model. So let's talk a little bit about the here and now and um, mm-hmm. so we said at the beginning it's the 18th of April just announced um that we're going to be in lockdown for a further three weeks and mm-hmm. um, so do you want to say a little bit more on both sides of like what's your personal family situation like at the minute and mm-hmm. um, so how are you both managing work um and then a little bit more about what's happening with um your project at the minute as well and how that's
1: working. Mm-hmm. Sure. so um we're all at home obviously um we're very grateful for our little rubbishy garden that we've got at the minute we never use it um and we're now using it all the time um we live in in london um so we don't have the benefit of being able to go out for countryside walks and and not see anybody we've got a lovely park opposite but it is um very well used still yeah, yeah. um but actually we're getting on we're getting on fine um I personally have been ill for about three weeks, so that's really blighted it a little bit. But before that, the one week that I had um, feeling energised, um, it was it was really lovely, actually. The, the challenge of um, being at home with the children and not just entertaining them, but trying to give them some semblance of routine and structure and, and learning in some way, especially for, for Hugo, who has been doing all this magical education at nursery, because he was in nursery, both of them five days a week, all hours that God sends. Um and uh he he just knows he knows how to do so much and I don't yeah. want to be the person that sort of stagnates that. So he knows he knows his counting, he knows his phonics, um and I had this realisation that, you know, some children if he'd stayed in nursery, potentially he would be able to blend sounds by the time he got to school and actually be on his way to reading and now that's my responsibility. Um <laughs> And actually, as an English teacher, you know there's that added weight of knowing exactly what early literacy and how impactful that is, and um, sort of yeah. building positive cultures around reading and, um, and and not making it a chore, and understanding what phonics mean, and having all these questions with him. Where our W was our letter um, on one day last week because we were doing the C and we were looking at whales as oh, an nice. animal, and yeah. um, so he turned around and says, "Mummy." one starts with a w as in number one and I was like oh god it doesn't and I was like that does sound like it does and I didn't know how to answer that question Um, (laughs) I just had to congratulate him on his phonics yeah um you you passed the
0: phonics test it might not last for much longer but for now
1: yeah (laughs) yeah he's got it so um so yeah we've we've been doing fine I've been really enjoying learning and spending time with them having circle time and the songs in the morning and and having a routine that we try to stick to um but also there's just so much online that you can you can access from you know even before lockdown um there's people like five minute mom and um oh yeah yeah seven days of play a lot, yeah remember. she they and they just have they're very pragmatic they're very no-nonsense um they completely avoid the sort of um mummy mummy tone you know yeah, they're really yeah. they're much more sort of on the wasn't white... she
0: a teaching assistant previously I think she, she was in education
1: yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah but they're just really practical and they'll have re- they have really reassuring statements like it's totally okay to, t- to say to your children mummy wants some quiet time right now um, it's really good for them to learn to play independently don't stop yeah. them playing if they're in the middle of something if your routine is has gone awry because they've just got really fascinated by the grass then let them go with it because play is really important um but then also really really easy phonics games that you're like oh god I feel satisfied that I've actually done something worthwhile with them um and sort of tag teaming with my husband um just seeing how great he's doing with them and um just things that I'm not very good at that he is really good at um he's like the amount of baking that they do with him, he's French and he he loves his sweet food. Um, and they're just constantly <laughs> making a chocolate mousse or a chocolate cake. Or so everybody's I mean, well fed I'll in just, your house, oh, then. Yeah, Emma. he is mm. king of snacks. Yeah. Um. So. <laughs> so.
0: So your your family setup's working as well as it can be. I know you've not been well. Um. But in terms of the the kids and the unit um, and and mm-hmm. having the access to mm-hmm. the outdoor space. So, what about your expectations from your school what are they asking you to do for your students how's that working
1: they are being incredibly reasonable um I think I'm almost benefiting from being a parent at this stage because our school my school is great um they're incredibly understanding and I think parents of young children are in the minority uh, as teachers so our line managers and our middle leaders um they are they're not a hundred percent sure of what the reality of our home life looks like right now so they are erring on the side of caution and um you know being very understanding and saying of course we understand that you've got the children at home and they're your first priority right now um so we we are setting work on microsoft teams um, that we check and we have to check once every two weeks at least um we have some trackers that we update we've been chatting as a team we've been doing administrative stuff in terms of schemes of work and lesson resources um we've been encouraged to do our own cpd where we can um which is great for me um and in general just trying to focus on making sure that this experience is not stressful for the students or for us so yeah
0: um
1: we've got stuff for them but we're not necessarily um coming down on them if it's not being done um okay we've also got a lot of vulnerable students at our school um mm. and technology they don't necessarily all have internet access at home yeah it'll be very so different mm. mm-hmm. um and there's a lot of stuff going around at the minute about how this whole lockdown is going to negatively impact um sort of make the social divide larger um and actually school being about more than just mm. lessons um mm-hmm. mm.
0: Yeah you're you're Mm. a community and a culture and yeah Mm. all those things yeah. Mm. So it sounds obviously there's worries about those students and how that Mm. will fare out but that's Mm. you can't influence that directly at the minute and it will depend how Mm. longer we're all in lockdown but in terms of the school support it sounds Mm. like it's it's working quite well and I'm sure every school is very different it'd be interesting if teachers are listening to this and we put this out there and share it on twitter whether there's sort of comments from other teachers Mm -hmm. about not necessarily around homeschooling per se but how they're getting support from their management from the schools to Mm -hmm. to to Mm -hmm. be at be at home and supporting their students so it'll be interesting to see so that's your home that's your work what about your project what
1: about how's that going yeah going really well I think um because we've got this this ability to work flexibly and everybody's um working very flexibly at the minute um we've and because we've always worked remotely um through through social media through our website um through whatsapp with our team um we are we're not reinventing anything the only thing that we've done very differently is um instead of our coffee mornings which are in-person yeah. events yeah. um we've shifted to um zoom yeah. national afternoon teas where uh, we've only nice. done one so far but it was really well attended actually really delightful
0: yeah. um,
1: and of those people that, that attended just really grateful i think to to be able to see other members of the community yeah, and see teachers on maternity leave, um, like them and have a chat and hear their stories. Um, but apart from that, all our coaching for our accreditation is done on the telephone. Um, all our community building and networking, a lot of it is done, uh, through Twitter, through Facebook, through, through Instagram, um, all the CPD recommendations that we have. Um, a lot of them are online platforms, Fantastic. um, webinars, that sort of thing. So, um, so yeah, we haven't we haven't had to make any big shifts and actually that's given us the opportunity to to sort of take a next strategic step. So we're we're looking at establishing establishing ourselves as a charity. So oh, wow. we're thinking about doing all the paperwork for that. Yeah, it's gonna mm. be a long, long process, but we, we may get there in the end. Um mm. we've just shifted to a membership model, so um teachers can become members and schools can become members now. Um, of the MTPT project, so just establishing the, the framework of that and um, sort of the resources that we've we've uploaded to as part of that membership package, um, we've been able to have some really interesting conversations around um, sort of what maternity leave looks like now, or actually. So many of our, our community voices have been empowered because actually they're the experts on on using some of this technology um, because mm. they've been doing it for three or four months. Um, or they're the experts at staying sane um, whilst at home without many people to talk to, and they know all the good podcasts and you know, oh, books. They're in, they're in a bubble and, in a different mm, way that they can mm, rethink to this context, um, yeah. And one other thing that's that's been really positive for us is that we, in 2018, I started some research into women age 30 to 39 who have left the teaching profession and stayed in the teaching profession because that's one of the biggest demographic demographics that leaves every year and there's no research into why. Um and it's sort of stayed still for a very long time because I just didn't have the time to transcribe or edit the interviews that we've got. Um, okay. But there's there's a lot of people who don't have family at home um necessarily who are sitting twiddling their thumbs now, who are used to getting their you know getting their teeth into meaty projects. Um, who've all come forward to transcribe for us so we're now sort of going to make some really nice leaps with that with that research um and also one one person's furlough is is our benefit because we've got all these very skilled people within our community who have been furloughed unfortunately um that are now able to to offer time to voluntary projects um in ways that they they haven't been able to before so um whilst that's not great obviously um it, it, it there are silver linings to it. Um and I think at a time like this we have to see the silver linings and celebrate things where where they're worth celebrating. So yeah, we're we're enjoying ourselves. <laughs> and and all those um obviously the
0: the skills they might be applying to the project at the minute, you know, mm. those we are in general going to see lots of shifts as we come out of this. But mm. if there are teachers who can support students and other teachers better in a more remote way Mm -hmm. so in the future for students that are are at home for whatever reasons, vulnerable situations, Mm -hmm. illness, whatever Mm -hmm. it is, Mm -hmm. actually sort of finding ways to support going forward will be really Mm -hmm. valuable so a lot of that learning will have I'm sure multiple applications. Yeah Um, and even
1: um, one thing that's really um, struck me is that so I have, I have a group of very strong students and some of the students who have historically been slightly weaker in that group, um, when they're online and they're typing and they have a bit more time to develop their ideas um, without the sort of limitations of the classroom, profoundly more impressive than they are within okay. a classroom setting. Mm. Um, and one thing that we, we have issues with um, with our top yeah. students is is getting them to qualify for extra time in their exams um so actually being able to see what a a student is capable of when they have the time and they have organizational tools i.e a laptop or 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 word processor you know it makes a huge difference in terms of what we can see of of the child's potential and it's it's obviously their work it's not like their parents are helping them um but and in terms of how we're setting homework as well and the tools we're using yeah, to do yeah, that yeah. Um, and the resources we're able to expose students to. So um, if they don't have the Internet at home, obviously, at school, we have all the computer rooms so they can do their homework at school. Um, but, yeah, just some of the skills that we've seen from our students and some of them out admin me like they are, mm, they are they're on savvy board, right? with their organization yeah, yeah, yeah. and their formatting. It's it's incredible.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't work with um, school students, but I do work with university students and we've been doing some remote interviews with them recently and just seeing how they respond on a kind of virtual platform, I think it's a lot better than how I would and if Mm -hmm. I was being interviewed um, Mm -hmm. remotely and things. So yeah, I've I've been very impressed and there will be skills from younger generations that we'll be be picking up and they'll be improving on and hopefully... Mm -hmm they can have a voice in it and not just done to them that they can Mm -hmm. then sort of shape stuff going forward Mm -hmm. as well so Mm -hmm. yeah there's lots of as you say whilst it's a very stressful um intense scenario that we're in and lots of people will be in particularly intense scenarios we are seeing some positives and some silver linings and ways forward so um yeah it's great to get your insight and amazing that your project is getting to that status of you know membership status membership body thinking about how you get the charitable status consolidated and yeah fantastic and it'll be really interesting to to hear more from you as that develops okay. so emma just i think i think we should begin to wrap up because it's been fantastic to hear all about that and um, but let's jump back to you a little bit more again um now you'll have listened to other podcasts from well, other episodes from this podcast and um, mm-hmm. we do try to wrap up with um a sort of reflective point so thinking about people that you have learnt from um or sought advice from or even seen as a role model is there anyone you'd like to to talk about for you
1: yeah i was i was thinking about this um before we started uh chatting actually i think my obvious go-to is always my mom; she's great. No, um, but um, but actually, from from this perspective, in terms of teachers within the MTPT project community, um, I find it very humbling when um, when people say, "You know, look at the MTPT project, everything that you've done, etc." But actually, it's it's the the women within the within the community that are just so incredible, um, and there is just a few that that stick out to me. Um, the first one I can't name her because um she was part of our accreditation process and um I know about her because of, of some confidential conversations, but um, okay. she will know who she is if she hears this. Um she was uh on maternity leave. She was doing a lot of stuff in her personal life, a lot of difficult stuff in her personal life. Um and she really grew through our accreditation process um she's always been incredibly strong incredibly determined um and incredibly um, experienced at at overcoming adversity and being positive and um, overcoming barriers and hurdles and hearing her story and hearing um where she was in the present and, and where she wanted to be in the future and it was just so so humbling and you just think i'm you know really reflects privilege that I have um yeah in my circumstances and and how strong people are to to be going through what they're going through she she really um we've never met in real life and maybe one day we will um but she she ended up getting a promotion um fantastic on on flexible hours um she negotiated it and um she then went full-time a year later on on that promoted position um and I think she really had to tell herself that she deserved that promotion mm. um, and she did yeah. and she kept telling herself uh, where there were other voices in her life who were not telling her that yeah um yeah. so she's she's really amazing i think um two other two other members of the community are um a lady called cat howard who is one of our team members she is our regional representative for um the east midlands she's also the founder of something called lit drive um, and lit drive and the mtpt project um, sort of developed together and again just the determination and the the solutions focused um, nature of, of everything that she does and she's got a great sense of humor Um she's just constantly intellectually curious um, i really really um, love that about her and um, i go to her when I have problems or when I need some answers or when I just need somebody to tell me that I'm not crazy. Um, <laughs> we all love that, Emma. <laughs> um, another lady called um, Jenny Webb, who's actually just had her second baby. She's very charismatic, um, but so approachable um, as a leader. Um, and she, she, I just, I admire her very much. I think she is very down to earth, but um, at the same time, larger than life. You know, she's she just says the right things in the right way um at the right time and she's so warm and approachable and friendly um I have a lot of time for her but I think it's difficult to single people out as I just have done um because there are so many people within the project um within the team um within the community who I'm just very humbled by by everything yeah. that they have achieved and um their attitudes and their outlooks on life I think I think our community no, I think is really amazing I think-
0: I think it's a really nice description and it's a nice feeling to be humbled, okay? Mm -hmm. It's nice to, you know, be inspired and all those other words that go out there around, you know, these case studies and examples, but actually just being humbled is something really special as well, so Mm -hmm. that's fantastic. Mm -hmm. And in terms of rating your balance, so your sort of motherhood work balance, um, we have a scale, a scale of one to five, five Mm -hmm. being like you've kind of got it all sussed and everything's flowing really nicely in terms of family and career one being the least um, successful, how would you pitch yourself? Or how, how would that even change for you, depending on scenarios?
1: I think um, if you wanted to average out across a year, I'd say a three. Okay. Um, at times, it is a zero. Oh <laughs> um, my goodness. <laughs> so there have been times where I've sat in meetings that I know finish at 6.30 and remembered that I haven't asked my partner and my husband to do the nursery pick-up. And sort of almost cried in, their, uh, in, in the meeting because I've thought, one, who's going to pick up the children? <laughs> yeah. two, two, he's going to be so angry with me for being so disorganised and pulling him away from work. And three, I'm such a terrible mother that I didn't even remember. Or what a mess I am as a human being that I can't even organise my my calendar. Or I get quite self-pitying in that I'm like, oh, God, there's just so much going on. Of course I haven't remembered anything. I'm, I'm a mess. Um. But then we have moments, especially in the holidays, where we we as teachers you're you were right at the beginning it's not the most family friendly profession at times, but then in the holidays we do have we do have that time to spend with our children, which is in many cases especially as they get older um really really delightful um and just having that freedom to to make those six weeks or that two weeks what you want um and find that balance between yourself and and their needs. And there are times during term where, you know, a day will just come together or a weekend will come together, and there's just that massive sense of achievement of I I span all these plates today, and none of them broke. And if they did, it was just the plastic ones, and they bounced. So
0: (laughs) yeah, everything's fine. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So yeah, it varies, really varies. Um, And currently,
0: I know it's a very unique scenario that we're in, but.
1: Um, you've if been I, ill, so that's gonna yeah, dip it. I but, think yeah. if I were f- if I were feeling better, um I'd say a four. No, yeah. if I'm feeling better I'd say a five, I'd say a five. Um being yeah. exhausted and and not feeling very well these three weeks has meant that I've actually done more work than home because running after the children is more exhausting than um sitting on a laptop checking students' work um yeah. so i haven't i haven't had the balance that i've wanted over these last three weeks um okay but hopefully once i get a bit more energy back um mm. it seems to have lasted just such a long time <laughs> this whatever yeah. it is this virus but
0: hopefully you're at a turning point
1: mm. 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 hopefully yeah hopefully
0: i think that's a very sort of honest um rating because obviously we're not always consistent are we do things change and um daily, mm. monthly, whatever else is going on in our lives will impact on that. So I think it's a it's a good way of thinking about how you are and how probably most of us are across across our own lives. Mm. So Emma, it's been fantastic to speak with you. Um it's so lovely to have this <laughs> chance. Um I know we've we've not met in person, but maybe we will. We're not that far away. We're both still London, South London specifically. Mm-hmm. So um Maybe we will. Maybe I'll come to one of your meetups. I'm not on maternity leave, but that would week, be but, lovely.
1: Um, You'd be yeah. come for a coffee. Mm-hmm. No, that would
0: be fantastic, Emma. Um, so yeah, thank you very much for taking the time out of your your schedule with your kids and your partner. And um, yeah, it's fantastic. And we'll we'll share it with the teaching profession, and hopefully for others who don't know as much about the teaching profession to get some more insights. So that will be really useful. So and good luck with the project and how, how it all develops.
1: Thank you, and thank you very much for the opportunity. So you've
0: been listening to The Mother of All Solutions with me, Laura Broderick, and Emma Shepherd. Thank you very much. Bye-bye.
1: You've been listening to The Mother of All Solutions.
0: The Mother of All Solutions is produced and hosted by Laura Broderick and edited by me, Owen Wainhouse. Music for this episode is Night and Day by D. Yan Key, licensed under Creative Commons via the Free Music Archive.